Street Fighters, turkeys, turd birds, dirt bags, anybody else. It's time for the show. Time for the call-in show. Sunday night, time for a street fight, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every single Sunday night on twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. Come hang with the gang. Get in here. Tell us what you think. Help us answer these calls. We just clocked into work. Signing on to the intranet. It's time to get on the dialer. I'm looking at this ancient-ass dialer system in front of me, ready to talk to all y'all. Because that's how I make my money. And Brian does too. Uh, If you want to support the show and not get advertisements from bullshit-ass beers and... Well, actually any beer, really. Uh, Or... Chocolate uh, breakfast bars. <laughs> I wouldn't advertise breakfast bars. I wouldn't advertise a mattress that I haven't slept on, and uh, I, I wouldn't advertise for anything because I would hate to spoil this wonderful program we have going here. Coming to you on May Day, we're working on the International Workers Day. We kind of fucked that up, uh, but we are here in defiance of Law Day and Loyalty Day to spread this mess across the U.S. and create uh, dissent and disruption wherever you're at. Fuck America forever. Uh, no one rests until it's gone. So, we got a lot to do. And we will continue to do that. My name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. You all know as well. How's it going? Happy May Day! How's it going on May Day? I didn't really do anything. Um, I walked today for the first time in a while. Which was kind of nice. Nine miles. Okay. Was feeling pretty good. Uh, very nice outside, 75 degrees. I mean, you can't get better than that. Perfect temp. Yeah, yeah. You probably want it to be like... Oh, God. If you're, you have to complain. Yeah, I, I do. If you, You're probably going to want to be like three degrees less, three to five degrees less, but 75 works, you know, especially the nice little breeze. Yeah, it's the time of the year where I can turn my uh, thermostat to the off position, just ride the real temperature. Mine's off right now. Uh, windows... Windows uh, open wide. The house is just fucking, you know, we're getting cool in there. It's great. You know, we're, we're letting the wind come in. I wish the wind was finally blow. happening. Yeah. I wish the fucking wind would blow. Ohio sometime. don't got no wind. Huh? Ohio has no fucking wind. It feels like there's it. not a fucking single it's, bit of wind here. We live in a windless place. It's true. We found love in a windless place. Because I like... What am I, I, I like was uh, uh, sitting outside and like, I mean, I get in my bed and I'm like, well, you know, it's only 60 degrees, 65 degrees. I can't justify the air conditioner currently. Uh, but, but the window's open. So if a little breeze came in the house, we'd be air conditioned, basically. You know, sure. it would smell good. It would have that good outside smell and, and air conditioning. Uh, nope, didn't, uh, uh, didn't, don't get the wind, doesn't come in the house, it just stays the same temperature if the windows are closed as they are if they're open. So, that is, Fantastic, uh, though, still fantastic. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have that many notes about the temperature or the wind. On better the- than winter. Uh, everybody's... It's better it, than winter. Yeah, everybody was, uh, uh, I'm, I, I, yeah, people, somebody told me on Twitter just now that I'm Meyer-pilled, and, uh, yeah, I am. I'm Michigan pill, I think. Actually, oh. I think I'm Michigan pill because the blondies are from Michigan, Myers from Michigan, right? Uh, 
But that's the two Michigan things. I always wanted to buy a Detroit Tigers hat. You say you're a turncoat. You liked Michigan over. You've always is your because you're just because contrarian to Ohio. You're yeah, like, that was a problem. You're you you're a Michigan fan because fuck Ohio State, which I guess I am too, really. I mean, if you gotta pick one of the two, right? You know, Wolverine over Nutman. That's how I always felt too, man. That was always the problem. It's like when you're looking at the aesthetics of the two situations, like Michigan has bad colors, in my opinion. And I grew up being told. I don't know who told me this. It must have been my parents. That technically, technically, the best matching colors are blue and orange. Those are the technically no the best matching colors, it's, like scientifically no. and objectively. Jason's looking at me, so he's the one who said it. I believe Jason said it. It's, it's one set of complementary colors. Yes. On the color wheel. No, number one. Number one. Okay. Color. Right? Oh, they rank them. Yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah. they make green when they get together? Blue and orange. Do they? No, blue and orange. Sorry, that's yellow, yellow and green, yeah. bro. Yeah, like yellow and blue. I was thinking Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, blue and orange, whatever whatever the other ones are. Yeah, that's color. Oh, somebody says orange and purple. Like That's just contrarian action there. Um, but yeah, yellow, I don't yellow like, and purple, sure. I don't like the nut. Like, I don't like that. The college I went to and graduated from, like, the, the the mascot is a nut with a human body. Right. We've said this before on the show. That sucks. Um, and a wolverine. But granted, I don't even know what a wolverine looks like. It was, That's it the issue, scratch you up real bad, I think. Yeah. The issue with me is I don't know what a wolverine looks like. I would run. Like. <laughs> I would fucking run if I seen one. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling. Maybe, maybe go for a, a kick in the head. Oh, Jason Google. does oh, have me confident God. about kicking in the head now. I'm like pro, just like don't ask questions, just kick in the head. If you ever see any sort of small mammal, just kick in the head. They're, oh, they're very, they're fragile. Those creatures are fragile as fuck. Wolverine got to be the least intimidating thing too. What the hell, man? You ever seen a Wolverine? They're like this big? Yeah, they're like fluffy dogs. It's like the size of a goddamn football. I'm not afraid of no Wolverine. I've always said this about animals. I'm not afraid of anything I'm bigger than. I'm not afraid of anything that I can't step on, that I can step on. Sure. Because this is what I'll do. I'll just step on it. Step on a snake, you know? Right. I'm not worried about a fucking snake, you know? Right. Unless they can spit the poison at you and it gets you like reptile from Mortal Kombat, you know? Because he can get you. He can spit it across the screen at your face. And really, you know, in the end, if he does it in finisher style, he can melt your whole face off. Sure. Um, I'd be afraid of that. But a, a King Cobra? Not even worry about it. I'll just kick it right in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, I got to do a uh, uh, quick thing here, a quick science update. Uh, on I'm Sorry This Week with Jesse Farrar, I talked about a child of 15 months who uh, accidentally drank alcohol at an Applebee's. Uh-huh. Was served alcohol in an apple juice. Okay. Um, now, me and Jesse tried to game out how that could possibly happen. Very hard. <laughs> I just... <laughs> to figure out. Yeah. yeah. Just from those... Just from the alcoholic apple juice. From three those three words, I don't see how that could go down. Yeah. You, you, you could spend your whole week... Trying to figure out how it got in one of those little kids' cup 
with the top on it. Right. Right? Because they did say in the end that they are now going to start serving them out of single serving containers. So at boxes? that time, yeah, at that time, they're not going in single serving containers. So in my mind, it's Applebee's casual restaurant. It's one of those little plastic cups that they give kids red with a top on it. Okay, okay, okay. And yeah. then uh, you can put a straw through the little sure. plastic top. That's what I'm picturing this uh, glass is. And then, you know, after that, it's like, I don't know how the fuck the alcohol got in the apple juice. I just have no idea. I, like, you know, you pour the, like, the, the thing me and Jesse landed on was somebody in the back was drinking uh, apple juice with vodka. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or somebody was pouring like vodka into the apple juice and was just going to take a bottle of apple juice home at the end of the night yeah. instead of a bottle of vodka. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't land on anything. But I said that the kid was going to be fine, and uh, who cares? You know, it's not going to hurt him or anything sip, like that. Yeah. Obviously, you sue Applebee's. Hey, you know. Yeah, you got to. That's paid. <laughs> get on social media immediately. Yeah. Take a get a really terrible picture of your kid look like they're suffering and get a paycheck. Yeah. It's yeah. America. This is America. Yeah, you got to sue Applebee's. But like I just think the kid's going to be fine. They said he had a 0.10 blood alcohol level. I don't That's know what that is. I don't Can't understand. drive a car. Oh, cuz I don't understand the points system sure. with alcohol. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's on purpose. Oh, fuck it, dude. I would never know. They'll, they'll be like, it's a 0.16. And I'm like, um, is that a lot? Or like, a, I never know if it's like what amount it is. Yeah. And somebody responded to the Patreon post and said, uh, Brian is 100% wrong about it not hurting that kid, but that's why we love him. Yeah. <laughs> I did mess up. It probably could have hurt the kid. I just don't think it was going to like permanently damage the kid. For the kids I'll double down with you. Okay. Anybody that has a kid, if you if you have not turned around and noticed that your kid accidentally grabbed a glass of wine and took a drink from it, I think you're lying. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you're at grown-up parties, my my kid accidentally Drank some wine at a party before. I think it's fine. I don't think it did anything to it. No, I don't think it does anything. I've seen to it happen me. more than one time. Kids are durable. They are. I'll tell you that. I I find kids to be very durable. You learn that right when your kid is like one or two, and you like drop them, or you're like picking them up by their goddamn little arm. Like I remember before I had Gwen, I thought babies were the most delicate things in the world. Yeah. I never touch it. I was like, I do not want to fucking hold your baby because it's scary and I don't want to break it in half. And then once, you know, Gwen was born, I'm like, I'll fucking walk up and pick your baby up by its fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it like a basketball. I went again, my kid rolled off the bed onto a hardwood floor and we took her to the hospital, like all worried and everything. I'm like, your baby is fine. Yeah. Gwen... Uh, busted her head open when she was really little and did need stitches, by the way. It was it was pretty rough. But uh Charlotte did too. Very funny story about that is that uh the second it happened, I said, uh, I'm gonna go get some band-aids and jumped in the car and drove to the store. <laughs> and my wife was like, You ran away. You fucking got because this is pre-cell phone era. Not pre-cell phone, but like I don't think we both had cell phones. 
you know? And she's like, you fucking ran away. when it, And I did. I ran away. I spent a long time at the store, came back, and she was like, we're going to have to go to the goddamn right. hospital. And we go to the hospital, and and they do the stitches. But my my thing when Gwen was very young was if something bad happens, I'm just going to run as fast as I can away from it and hope Katie takes care of the whole thing. That is uh, how I work. And planned incompetence. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Once she got a little older, I, I was able to handle it. But yeah, you know, when they're like two and something gets hurt, it's like, fuck, dude. Uh, you don't you don't want that. But yeah, the babies are durable. I'm going to let everybody that doesn't have babies know that they're extremely durable. Um, and I don't... I don't think taking a sip of booze one time when you're 15 months old is going to change the course of your life. Well, they geniusly also, these people... I love the people that went there that it happened to because they geniusly went to um, the doctor and the doctor told them that uh, if the baby had taken one more drink, it would be killed. So when they did the press release... It was like, yeah, Applebee's. But then Applebee's, like, again, pre-2010 apologies were uh, a mixed bag. And Applebee's is just like, uh, uh, Applebee's is just like, well, we don't believe, like, actually what they said happened. I mean, it sucks that this happened, but uh, I don't think the baby was in it. Like, Applebee's said what we said. Yeah. <laughs> We've been sweeping, we've been sweeping, we have, we've accidentally served a lot of toddlers. Te- Applebee's has been around for decades, folks. We've accidentally served a lot of toddlers. Yes. Chill out. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'll say this. Any chance I get to sue, Got I'm to. doing Got it, man. to. Yeah. I mean, if I fucking could sue for food poisoning, I would have already done it 12 times, you know? Sure. You hear the uh, YKS thing uh, about the I've been poisoned Twitter account? Yeah, it's cool. That caught that caught Lucky Charms. Like just people was just getting diarrhea from Lucky Charms for like months. And uh, I went to the motherfucking Meyer, of course. I went to Meyer. It's it's my home away from home. It's my favorite place in the entire world. Uh, I went to Meyer and they're still selling the goddamn shit in big boxes. Yeah. Like, they don't care. Some people have diarrhea all the time, though, so they don't can't tell if That's it's true. from the the, sham, the the Shamrock Shakes or the uh, Lucky Charms. Yeah. Yeah. I love I Was Poisoned. I, it's I'm, a great – it is so good. I love the little stories of, like, I had a bad piece of chicken at this one place, and then they just go in this horrible story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 4,500 Lucky Charms reports. And that's just them being reported, right? Like, these are people that are going to I Was Poisoned Twitter account and saying that Lucky Charms poisoned them. And that's 4,500 of them. So, I mean, the number's got to be nuts. So, if you're a listener here, don't eat Lucky Charms. They'll give you the diarrhea. Unless, uh, I will say this, unless... uh, you want diarrhea because sometimes people get constipated and it's really nice to have a little bit of diarrhea. So uh, uh, that's something. Just I'm letting everybody know. Uh, see, they got hot pockets on this. I was poisoned. So sure. I mean, but people get poisoned. You get food poisoning. Like it feels like to me, like people get food poisoning. 
Like you, you, if you eat at restaurants a lot, you can expect food poisoning roughly every six to eight months. I think is is where I'm at in my mind. Really? I think so. Yeah. I don't get it. I have, I get it every few years. Yeah. Yeah. You said six to eight months. I said years. So which one is it? Six to eight months. You get it every six to eight months. Yeah. I what do you eat? I get diarrhea, dude. It's just the way I am. Well, the difference between me and you, meat. Okay. It's meat. Right. Number one. Uh, my daughter got food poisoning last week. She ate at, ah, God damn it. She ate at Potbelly's. Or no, she ate at Chick-fil-A. Whole meal at Chick-fil-A, right? You, you get the nuggets. You get the french fries. You get the drink, right? She eats that. <laughs> right, we know. Okay. I was expecting bigger spread than that. Two hours later. Okay. Two hours later, she gets a small fry. From McDonald's. And she comes home with diarrhea and throwing up and shit. Don't tell her I said this. She comes home with diarrhea and she's throwing up and shit. And she goes, uh, I think those McDonald's french fries food poisoned me. And I'm like, you had like two fries, dude. It's Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A poisoned you. But these kids, these kids, they don't, they love Chick-fil-A. You just. You Every, not, not kids. Everybody, everywhere I go, Chick-fil-A. I am ready to, to throw a fucking bomb at the corner of Morrison High because they want to put a Chick-fil-A there and it's going to cause a huge problem. And I don't want them in my neighborhood. I don't want their fucking line stringing out in front of into Morse Road, dude. ruining it. I did DoorDash at yeah. the one by your fucking yes. house and seen 40 cars, two rows of 20 cars with just a half dozen crew of people with tablets in their hand just ordering more and more and more and more and just fucking piling up. Dude, I've been inside yes. with just gangs, hundreds of people at a fucking Chick-fil-A. It's, it's the crazy. worst place in the world. It's crazy. The traffic is in my neighborhood specifically because of the Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Is outrageous. Brings the property value down. It's crazy. It's a nightmare. It's a fucking bottleneck. Yeah. Every time you go there, someone's hanging out into the fucking road. Yeah, dude, you can't drive. You can't drive on the road. There is a little road that's like connects two other roads where the Chick-fil-A is that is unusable all day until the Chick-fil-A is closed. And it is the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. Like, no exaggeration of what Brett's saying. Fucking two rows of over 20 cars. And just... Like, how do you decide to be the guy at the end I of know. the line? Who jumps in? <laughs> you just, like, pop a movie on your phone? Yeah. Just bust through. Just binge watch. Start binge watching something while you're in line. Yeah. And... I I really hate like uh, uh I really hate you go to the Chick Fil A and it's like I I don't eat there <laughs> I don't eat there at all it didn't fucking build in my head dude. oh I, know. I didn't have a chance to Chick Fil A to turn me into anything I don't mean anything though because I eat at all kinds of bad places but Chick Fil A wasn't around at a time to uh build up in my mind as something that I can't live without. To build an addiction to at a young age, like Reese's and yes, yes. Reese and all that. And um, I just I I go to sit-down restaurants. I'm going to say this. I go to actual sit-down restaurants and if they tell me the wait's going to be 25 minutes, I leave. What? I'm like, I'd rather just go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not going to stand here. It don't matter how good the restaurant is. It doesn't matter to me at all. Um, so 
waiting for a waiting for a place that is going to like that is also already bad too, right? You shouldn't be going there. You know, it's a Christian place or anti-gay, all that stuff. It's like we shouldn't be going there anyway. Right. And then but but like I'm always forgiving of people where that kind of stuff happens. Uh, uh, because you know, it's always the, there's so many different, like every place has its problems. You know what I mean? So I'm generally forgiving about people. Yeah. But I don't fuck with biblical fast food. That's true. <laughs> well, I do uh, in and out rocks, but yeah. <laughs> I love that place. But it's, but, but like, I'm generally pretty fucking light on people with that. But the inconvenience the fact that you're willing to be that inconvenienced and wait for that long to go to the anti-gay chicken place that's where i get i have a problem with you you know what i mean yeah it's like dude i mean this is really easy to boycott because it sucks to go here it sucks to get the fucking food and i imagine they're probably something that's doing something more tame than kfc it has to be the most blandest chicken possible for all the fucking mayo people that are going crazy over it. That's not And right. then they'll go to Popeye's, which is better, I'm sure. Yeah. Popeye's seasons shit. I ah. just think, like, you all of, I went to a, I went to a restaurant in Kentucky, Prestonburg, Kentucky. I ordered macaroni and cheese, $3.50. It was a side item, $3.50. I shit you not, it was Kraft macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah. With, a, with uh, some shreds. Sprinkled oh, yeah. on top. I've seen that done before. I, I wanted to throw before. the fucking plate back at them. Yeah. I've seen people do that. Because at those places where it's like really charming, at those barbecue places where it's like really charming and they serve you like a slice of bread. Yeah. That's just out of the bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes they think it's like really cute to do the macaroni and cheese. Because yeah. it's like, ah, oh, you grew up with that. You know what no, I mean? No, I fucking hate this. No, make something, dude. Yeah. You're a restaurant. Make something. Yeah. But I also, just those bland flavors. People the, that unsalted shit, un, no pepper in anything. Chick-fil-A has got, because that's how yeah. church people cook too. They have no flavor. They're so boring. That food has to be so bland. It's for just like the picky eater's heaven is probably what Chick-fil-A is. Oh yeah, that's what picky eaters eat. That's what kids eat. Chicky yeah. tendy. Yeah, right, I, I've why. only been there like twice, and the only thing that they do that a lot of fast food places don't usually do is that they, uh, the only thing they do that that fast food places don't usually do is they use pepper jack on one of their sandwiches. They got a spicy chicken sandwich, but the chicken's not spicy, it's just pepper jack cheese on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, pepper jack's good, but yeah, there's nothing impressive about it. And yeah, it's bland. It's kind of like raising canes. Like people go fucking bonkers for raising canes because they like the cane sauce. Yeah, the cane sauce don't taste like anything. There's what? no flavor to no, that. No, that has sauce. pepper in it. It's got a kick. Yeah, cane sauce has a kick. I disagree on I that. I don't believe in that. I I always feel like I I was so excited to try it. It just tastes like fucking water to me. It no like way. Water. No Dang. way. I'm telling you. That's it. I mean, I don't eat at any of the chicken places, to tell you the truth. Once, uh, once, um, once KFC was kind of gone, because KFC's over. They ain't doing KFC anymore. Um, once that was KFC's kinda, still popping. I mean, driving for DoorDash? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, I haven't heard somebody say, let's get KFC in like 10 fucking years. They're always Chick-fil-A or Popeye's or Raising Cane. So. Sure. I didn't think anybody... People do KFC. get KFC still. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they named it. KFC is the worst. Though. They, it's never, they never have any food in stock. It's always a shit show. It should go away. It should be gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I love that, though, when these places, like, nothing's on the menu. Like, I have a Taco Bell in my neighborhood, and it closes at 7 now. <laughs> like, have you ever For heard who? of that in the history of time? That- a Taco Bell that closes at 7 p.m.? How am I supposed to get fourth meal? They don't do it anymore. They just, they're closed at, at 7 o'clock in the morning or at 7 p.m. 7 in the morning would be fucking tight. But yeah, they close at 7 p.m. Uh, it's it's a, a pandemic shit. It's, it's nobody wants to work anymore pandemic shit. But yeah, they close. And I don't live in a downtown, downtown where things like lighten up at 5. I mean, the Chipotle next door always has a line halfway down the goddamn fucking street, which is another place that people will wait entirely too long for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm so glad. I am so fucking glad that you have seen the Chick fil A line in my neighborhood because that's been something that you just, it's like when me and my buddy, uh, God, this would have had to been like 15 years ago, maybe. Uh, they, they opened a Sonic, the first Sonic in Ohio. Um, oh, yeah. In Whitehall, Ohio. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm going to, I got to get Sonic. It was, it's important for me to have Sonic. And I went the second day that we're open and I waited in line for 90 minutes to get Sonic and then drove all the way home. It was cold when I got home. It was yeah. disgusting. And I couldn't, I think back now and I'm like, I'm never waiting. I don't, I think if it's fast food, I guess I'm going to have to fucking like, I'm never waiting longer than eight minutes, I think. And if it gets over eight minutes, I'm going to turn around and leave. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the only thing genius that fast food places did is they made it so you can't pull out of the uh, drive-through line anymore. Which is, right, right. You're stuck. Yeah. You're trapped. Yeah. Because, man, when I worked at McDonald's, dude, drive off, drive off, drive If it, If the line was more than a couple of minutes, dude, you would get all kinds of fucking drive-offs. That's why... Back in the day, orders oh. were always wrong. And people would be like, oh, they get the order wrong all the time. Because you get a drive-off, and it, it fucks up the number in the yes. drive-thru. Yeah, I got you. Know you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. And and that's why. I mean, also that we weren't really paying attention to what we were doing in there. But uh, but that doesn't make sense, though. I can. I mean, I've seen people drive, drive off recently at a KFC. I saw somebody like squeal the tires to make like a big show oh, yeah. how mad they were when they were leaving, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like a good that was that was entertaining. It's actually very funny when when they like are like fuck it. They like pull up like a lot I used to be like this too. I would like try to pull up by the uh drive-through window so they could see me looking mad and pulling away. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> shoot them a shoot them a glance. Yeah, but Oops. that's like they don't care. <laughs> Ooh, I stayed at, well, we, me and Rachel, after the sh- a show a few weeks ago, we were in the White Castle drive-thru at like 3 in the morning. Oh, no. That's the best. That's a huge long line, but people are like getting out of the car to smoke and dance and shit. It was a good time. That's yeah. the only line I'll wait in. Yeah. White oh, Castle man. after 3 a.m. is the only place I got. Oh, man. Trent1013 from the Twitch uh, used to work at Sonic on the rollerblades. Uh, I, I have to say... That sounds like an insane job to me. 
Yeah. The the rollerblades. It's just like Swenson's. There's a place called Swenson's in Columbus where like they don't do skating or rollerblades, but they have to run as fast as they can to like put on the I'm working as fast as I can show yeah. for everybody. And I feel bad for the kids. It's very know? weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh we just did that. So Thank you. Yeah, Martha Sinclair says, I got no patience for fast food anymore. I can plan for lunch somewhere, see four cars in a drive-thru, and just give up. And that's how I feel too, man. That food is like, it's funny because you think about, I mean, this isn't some new thing that I'm saying, but when we talk about like, when when the conservatives used to tell us about communism, uh, they would say, you know, the food was all gruel and it was all fucking disgusting. Uh but I saw some crazy stat the other day that there is a double digit percentage of people who eat fast food every single day. Sure. Like that is their entire diet. And uh, I half would, their diet. Huh? Half their diet. Or one third of their diet. What do you mean? They have it for dinner every day. Yeah, sure. I guess. But I don't think they're making good choices for breakfast. Or don't lunch assume. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. But but I believe it because the, I did it for, God, I'd have to say from like 18 to 32. It was like I didn't, I made dinner like three or four times. Even when I made dinner, it was fucking shake and bake chicken. Yeah. And and shit like that. But like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, what it's the, they make it the easiest option. Better. They work you so hard. And you don't have any time to do anything else. And fresh groceries are way too expensive. A Taco Bell feels like a much better choice, I think, for most people that are working 50 hours a fucking week. I mean, it feels cheap to eat at Burger King. Like, it it definitely, to me, like, when I was doing it, I I completely remember saying this is cheaper than grocery shopping for us but it is like the way i think which is short term Uh, i have that short term money situation where i just never think about i never think about like what the long-term money situation is going to be i only think in terms of like two or three days about my money situation right so i'm looking it's like there's 500 dollars there and i'm like Oh, shit, let's spend some money, you know? Yeah. I'll never need money again. <laughs> so that's why I ate fast food every day for a really long time. It's also funny, somebody said Cat and D's. Nobody mentioned Long John Silver's or Cat and D's, and that is, uh, Cat and D's is, it's unbelievable that it's still open. I mean, really, just an incredible, incredible American success story. <laughs> Well, I also think that, like, I mean, you could you can spend $80 from some, like, organic grocery delivery place on Monday and have all the expectations in the world that you're going to do something. But, like, your job's working to fucking death. And people, like, drain the fuck out of you. You go to a place where, like, sexual harassment is happening all the time. There's bigotry. <laughs> there's There's classism. It's like the workplace is fucking exhausting. How are you going to come home and, like cut up a, a head of fucking romaine lettuce and and uh you know make an alfredo sauce or some shit right if you're if if you are loading trucks all day yeah coming home and having like a really responsible meal 
uh, doesn't seem as there's no time for it. Yeah, it's not that they don't. It's not that person doesn't want that. It's that we're worked to the point of not not having any the luxury of preparing food to, for ourselves. Yes. Like, yeah. And then it's just like work harder, get a job behind a fucking computer, get a get a college job, and then you're allowed to have extra time to make organic food for yourself or whatever. But it's also about like not being taught. It's the same thing as as budgeting and shit like that. Like my daughter is coming up on her senior year and they're making her take a finances course for like uh, you know, how to how to work in the real world but it's a but like that is not how it happened for me like the only finance stuff i learned in high school was how to write a check like we learned how to actually write the words on the check so uh-huh. that it's correct but you know it i find i think that if i'm trying to explain to a teenager or or a child how to budget um it i don't know if it sticks i don't know if it works out it it kind of feels like if i'm doing something like that they're not going to truly you don't truly get it until your shit's on the line you know what i mean like you don't truly understand how to budget until it's like fuck (laughs) i can figure this out man i'm also going to say i'm going to straight up say that like budgeting and eating cheap and all that is just used as a cudgel to beat the working class into saying they don't deserve anything and they're the cause of all their problems. Yeah. Yeah. Because your brain and my brain too, you can't give us money and expect us. I don't make right decisions. I don't hate people. I have, I have friends that like didn't that like bought a house in their twenties and they have a huge 401k and they made all the right decisions. Their brains are like that. Mine is not. Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not a, I don't, nobody should have to fucking budget anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's fucking aggravating. I, yeah. Well, I, I, so I took independent living was the class they had when I was in high school, um, which was a good class probably. Cause it was the only class when I'm like, I knew as soon as I turned 18, I was escaping my parents. So I saw <laughs> that class and was like, I have to take this cause I need to know how to do this shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, never had enough money to, I mean, I, I now have enough money to set aside. And even now it's like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I don't well, see a, the point of it. Well, I'll say this, you know, the ideal world that I live in is that I, I would make if I had the chance is that like all of the important shit is taken care of and uh, budgeting is basically like, Hey, I got paid. Uh, I have this amount of money left over and uh but just pay your shit first well they pay your shit i i i i sort of feel like like you know all of the essentials need to be should be paid right. by taxes you know what i mean like like anything and then we can also vote on what's an essential if a new essential appears because it's like they would say the internet's not an essential but sure. it's like we now it to. is yeah it's you been, know it's been for a while and um you know, having that amount of money that that is just free money that you can use for what the things that you want to have. Yeah. Like, that even seems like, and I, I don't give a fuck about the economy, but that even seems like it would be pretty good for the economy, too. On top of, like, it would be really great 
if people like could look at their bank account and not see how little they have and then see how how much they have in a way you know what i mean like i'm gonna look at my bank account it's like all right well i have this amount of money in there but my electricity is gonna cost this much my cell phone's gonna cost this much my my rent is gonna cost this much and it's gonna take away that all of that money and then i'm going to be down to this little nub of money that's almost nothing and i am going to be like i need to treat myself somehow i need to have some sort of pleasure in my life and that's when i start making bad decisions you know and it would be nice if when you do have zero dollars you're still like you're still able to get food yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah oh I mean, yeah this I, is the crazy thing about the them making every house extremely expensive, about making it unlivable to be anywhere, about the the wages not rising with like this record inflation, is like what do they expect to happen? Yeah. How do they how how long can this happen? Are people are we so like beat down that we're just going to keep putting up with this? Yeah. We're it's sad. Move into the suburbs, like that. They 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 want us in, they want us out of the city and out of the country. Basically, they they don't want us living downtown. They also don't want us living in rural areas. And there's this sliver of place between those. That's where they want us to be. That's where they'd rather have us. I disagree. I think that now they what they're doing is they're getting all the suburban people to move downtown. Because there's all this new development and they can throw every... That's what most places are doing now is millennials want to be in the city where everything's at. And they're willing to pay $2,000 a month True. for mixed-use bullshit. Damn, I would love to... Be able to pay it. I guess I could. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, we got any calls? Yeah, a couple. We got some kizzles. Hey, if you want to call in, call in. We're Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello, it's Danny from Brooklyn. Danny, what's up? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. It's very serendipitous that you guys are having the conversations that you're having because I'm not. Uh, literally on a bicycle right now delivering uber eats you're delivering uber eats uh what are you delivering um i have one of those weird deliveries that i'll get every once in a while where it's an alcohol delivery which you can oh, opt not- in for <laughs> and uh i swear to god every single alcohol delivery i've ever done Uber has always been either a 750 milliliter bottle of either barefoot or that kangaroo wine. The kangaroo wine? I'm trying to think. Is it the Australian style? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you know what it, you know what I'm talking about. You know what it looks like. I know. A yellow tail, maybe. I don't know. But uh yeah. so how's it going? How's yeah. the delivery yeah, rolling? It. Yeah. Uh, it's, How is- it's pretty good. I actually just declined a delivery from Qdoba, um, kind of for some of the reasons you were talking about a second ago. They had like these big backup of orders, and once it gets past five minutes, or uh, once it looks like it's like 10 minutes, I just, I, I cut the, I cut the, um, the yolk pretty clean after that, and I just, you know, yeah. something cost fallacy, I just immediately dump it. I'm like, nope, I don't care. Be gone. I'm a ghost. How how often are you allowed to do that? Because in in I'm trying to think. Uh, in Colum- in Columbus, like or in Lyft, you weren't really allowed to decline anything. You had to have like a close to full 
Uh, you have to have close to a, a full uh, acceptance rate. How often are you allowed to turn down uh, things? Or does it go to somebody else when you turn it down? I don't think they can really do that with the Uber Eats thing. If you're driving people around, I have heard from people that they're much more strict about that. But in New York City, they're kind of operating at an op- um, they're operating at scale. So if they started booting people off the platform for not accepting like a McDonald's delivery, that would take 25 minutes to just pick up. Like nobody would do it. So they're just like, yeah, yeah, the other guy will do it. So you just kind of have to have a, a good idea of you know what what's a good place to pick up and what's a bad place to pick up. Ah, uh, what's the worst place to pick up? Uh, actually, Popeyes is pretty terrible. Uh, Popeyes the other day they were they were doing that stuff where like they just had a <laughs> they had those, those little receipts that like spit out the orders and they just had this long tail of orders just like a like a a, a raccoon tail just coming out of the uh, the machine like ten fifteen twenty long and I was like <laughs> no way <laughs> Not yeah Popeyes and just, I, like, I would have. I would assume Popeyes is is pretty bad because it's like kind of the most popular. That's kind of the most popular fast food right now. Very, so not no Chick Fil A is like we said. Well, yeah, maybe I because you hear a lot about Popeye sandwiches. They had too. that was one summer. <laughs> Chick Fil A so, uh, is you're right. My my friend Carrie, she lives in Bellevue, Washington, and uh, which is like where Microsoft is based out of, and uh, there's a Chick-fil-A in sort of like the general downtown area. And that shit has a, you know, a, a fucking like long line of cars coming out of that thing. Like a real, you know, cake song going on there. Just like 10, 15, 20 cars just make around the corner. And she'll call me all the time, you know, just being like, yeah, just driving by the Chick-fil-A and there's a fucking million people. And I'm like, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It, it uh, it, it's really tough. I, I would hate to work there. I mean, like, the thing I think about is like having. I, I think maybe doing the Uber Eats thing because you're probably making roughly the same amount of money as somebody maybe working at a McDonald's or something like right. that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but you're at least not stuck in a McDonald's for eight hours a day. Like right. Jesse had this really interesting thing on the show last week where he was like, uh, uh, on the I'm sorry episode where he's like, I look at a place like O'Charlie's and I just can't picture myself being there for eight hours without absolutely losing my mind. But I look at a place like GNC and I could spend eight hours there every day and it would be wonderful have <laughs> a good time. And I'm like, that's how I was too. I was like, that everybody is looking for, cause I, I thought, the best retail sort of job in the world was Radio Shack. And it sucks that they got rid of Radio Shack, but goddamn, working at Radio Shack sounded great. But like doing Uber Eats, if you're making that same amount of money and you get to cruise around and you can smoke and you can like, I don't know, you can do anything you want. Yeah. Maybe that is why these fast food places are having such a hard time hiring people. Good point. Because you can deliver on your bike now, too, in Columbus. I mean, I knew you could always do it in in New York. Um, But, like, they don't give you any incentive 
to fucking want to go work at one of these places. It's like 10 times easier just to do Uber Eats. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Is something going on out there? Is this the second guy that got in trouble with his wife for calling into Street Fight? Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like there's some real consternation happening out there. Oh, I think we're losing you, Danny. You there? Uh, oh. I think we're losing you. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm in. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, perfect. Now, this is great. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm actually in the projects okay. right now. They're Middle of really, the really big, uh, archaic buildings from the 1950s that are like made out of solid concrete so sometimes the uh um signal can probably be a little sketchy oh my yes yes, yes. so uh, it kind of sounded like people um, were tussling it sounded like a fight really. yeah it sounded like a get down what's happening no 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 it was pretty it's pretty normal uh, nothing okay. too crazy just uh uh people oh thank you uh, one second. Uh, Clamoring. No, I mean, that's just that's just um, the sound the sounds of the city. <laughs> you know, uh, nothing uh, too crazy. But uh, so uh, yeah, I actually um, go for it. I was uh, all you guys tonight because I wanted to tell you about uh, a situation I'm going through right now, where I cannot tell. Uh, if I've been uh, scammed or not, and it's for oh, a substantial amount, so it's kind of a problem. <laughs> a substantial amount of money, you say? Yes, that's correct. All right. All right, let's hear it. Let us know. We got to get in here. Now I'm ready. Yeah, so essentially um, the situation is um, I do a small amount of industrial sewing, so I um, work on like big machines that you will find in, um, I guess, like garment shops and what have you. Very recently, I bought or tried to buy uh, this thing called a, a Conso 287. Okay. And it's a machine um, about $2,200. And, um, I, you know, wait, what was that? I can't, you're breaking up. That sounds real bad. Sorry about that. I think it's, uh, uh, that, that, this might be better. Um, yes, this is better. Yeah. I basically, basically I was on Instagram and I was looking and I found this guy who was, uh, a fairly, um, he seemed like a fairly reputable seller. And um, when I was uh, talking to him online, he had like a pretty legitimate shop online. Uh, it, you know, it used uh, Shopify, like, you know, just like whenever you think of like any kind of online retail store situation and you go to the checkout section, what have you, uh, yeah. you know, just, pic- just, just picture that. And it was like, it was like, oh, you know, uh, it, it worked like any any normal thing, and the guy was super communicative and talked and 
was definitely like knowledgeable about sewing machines, which are kind of like an esoteric, weird thing. Like it's not something. It's kind of like a weird hidden skill set. You know, yeah. people aren't really willing to share information about them because you know sewing machine techs usually get paid like a hundred dollars an hour. So like people keep the uh, the information pretty close to their chest. Um, and he basically showed like all the signs of being normal. And uh, the thing was, is I, I used one of those like payment plan things to buy them, which if you don't know, is basically just a highfalutin way of saying, uh, this is a financial company that has decided to give you a loan and they won't call it a loan. They'll call a it a firm. Is it a firm yeah, or Klarna? A firm. Yeah, it's baby. I got to tell you, Danny, I have, I have come very close to get, doing a firm several million times on the internet. Well, what you should know about it is that I think in normal circumstances, it's fine if you're working with a reasonably normal merchant. But I bought this machine in like December and I had a pretty ongoing uh, dialogue with this guy because, like, shipping an industrial machine across the country because he lived in Los Angeles, it's, it's like a task, you know? I was pretty open to, like, basically waiting, like, two months because this thing weighs, like, 100 pounds. So, You've got to, like, put it in a special crate. But, you know, just, so what, so what, what made you want to get this that it seemed like a deal of a lifetime, like it was then less than anything else and was too good to be true? It was a, it wasn't like a screaming deal, but it was a situation where I saw the price because they usually retail for about like $3,000. Okay. And, you know, Los Angeles is a big garment based city, essentially. Right. And my reasoning was because I had seen pictures of him in like kind of what looked like um, a factory you know, with a lot of machines around it, is I was like, okay, something gives me the idea that this guy has somehow come into a bunch of machines and is now able to sell them. Because, you know, sewing is a thing that you cannot automate. You know, it has to be done by human hands because it's too finicky. So that means that naturally there's just millions upon millions of them. And oftentimes they kind of just end up in warehouses for extended amount of time. And if you were a person who came upon that and bought a property or something like that, you could find these machines or something like that and sell them at a profit because, you know, they're industrially made. They're, they're not like a, a product that really degrades. It kind of only gains money. Mm. And uh, it seemed like with his knowledge base and everything that he had maybe some kind of situation like that. Uh, so... I was pretty patient about it. And then, you know, I kept getting these situations where you'd be like, oh, I'm going to send it in two weeks. Oh, I'm going to send it in two weeks. Scanned. And he kept doing that. And uh, then I was like, you know what? Something is really weird here. Because if he just, like, dropped off the face of the earth, that's, like, I think your sort of scan, your standard sort of, like, um, you know, card scam or whatever. Like, you, somebody buys something from you. And then they drop off the face of the earth. They either make information changes, whatever, whatever. But this guy is like still pretty prominently on Instagram. He sold things to other people and he sent them to them. And it's just very confusing to me. 
Is he Why ignoring you? My- like what? So. So he answers your your messages and stuff like that, but he just keeps putting you off. Is is that like yeah? And I mean, here's what I think. I'm going to tell you what I think is going on with the guy, and this might be totally out of bounds, right? What I think is going on with this guy in particular is he can't afford to ship the thing that he has to ship. And he's he's trying to figure out some way to make the money to be able to because a hundred pound things to ship is like really fucking expensive. And like, I just feel like the guy probably doesn't you're not being scammed on purpose. He probably thought he was going to have the money to ship it and then found out how much it was going to cost and was like, uh oh, (laughs) (laughs) no. I just think it's like it's like not to sound like a consumer type, but it's just one of those things where he just he just got too big for his bridges because I think he he's kind of one of those guys where he's as much of a like sewing guy influencer as you might maybe could be. I'm not talking like hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm talking like five thousand, but like within yeah. an industry that is a, like somewhat esoteric, he has some followers, and like his whole thing is like oh you know. We're helping the creator out, et cetera, et cetera. And his other thing is just like, and this is the thing, he always, on all of his machines, would offer free shipping, which was like, hey, that's great for me. But I think that was one of my theories is that, like, you know, I had these conversations with this guy, but, like, I'm an eBay shipper. Like, I, I'm an eBay seller, rather. Like, I sell stuff all the time. And I know the woes of how expensive certain things could be. And I don't think he realized that he's shipping a big fucking freight box 3,000 miles across the country costs hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and uh, basically the second part of the story is I actually did end up opening a dispute via Wells Fargo, which is my bank, unfortunately. And um, the thing is, is when I opened up this dispute, a, I got this message from a firm that was like, you are overpaid and there's been a chargeback on the loan we gave you. You need to pay us, you know, in these payments again. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh, this is more complicated than I thought. Because in my mind, I was like, yeah, no, it was like, I paid this guy $2,200 in four $550 increments. And if I could do a chargeback, it'll reflect his, you know, his bottom line. But what it actually did is it actually affected a firm's bottom line. So if you do a chargeback on a thing that you bought through a firm, what happens is they almost act like a little shield to whatever vendor that they are working with. So I had to go through this weird rigmarole um, where I then contacted a firm and was like, hey, this guy never sent me the thing. It's an incredibly clear, like, uh, you know, breadcrumb trail. It's actually incredibly above board. I have reams of evidence for this and what have you. And then they got back to me with some canned response, like it says here on the seller's website that there are no returns. And then I called them and explained it in more detail. And they're like, okay, we're going to look into this. So I'm not like completely, you know, fucked out of this money quite yet. Cause I have like my little, you know, shield of Wells Fargo. Uh, having like done a chargeback and then you know this uh, a firm who works with Shopify 
is sort of, you know, the other little like wall that sort of guards him. But, like everything yeah. is like it's it's just it's just so weird. Maybe just to, message like, the guy. Drop off the- yeah, maybe just message the guy and okay. ask for like just your money back. Just say, hey, man, I, I won't comment on all your shit and I won't drag your name in the mud. Just give me the money back and sell it to somebody else. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, well, here's the funny part, too. Uh, uh, a month ago, I went on his website again, and he was selling the exact same machine for $3,200 instead of $2,200. And it makes me think, like, oh, this guy realizes the error of his, like, business ways or whatever. He realized he was, like, underselling a thing, and when I bought it, he realized he'd be getting like double, triple fucked by trying to ship it to me and by selling it like slightly below, below market price and what or, have you. And I now he's just trying Also, maybe you thought you were taking advantage of somebody who didn't know what they had and you got your money <laughs> taken from you. <laughs> that could be it. That too. is possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, I guess it's very funny too. Because, I mean, I've just never encountered something quite like that where it's so brazen or... Because, like, again... I can't imagine what... And they just... The affirm option to me is the fuck up. The affirm... I would not want to... I would do not want affirm involved in my scamming at all. I would not be offering affirm on my scam. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Danny probably is, like, in a good spot because affirm's going to chase this guy down. It's kind of like insurance. You fuck with me, I'm... I'm, I don't know what to do. You fuck with my insurance company and they're going to fucking come and hunt you down. I know. That's the funniest part is, I mean, like, I look at it as, I mean, look, like, I do eBay selling. I am always trying to, like, tie my money up in, like, objects, you know, whether that's a way to, like, evade, you know, inflation stuff and whatever. Like, whenever people are like, oh, I'm going to deposit my money in, into stocks and get like a 5% return every year. It's like, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to put it in a weird thing that for, you know, 300 people on this earth will like <laughs> increase right. in value or whatever. You know? Sure. Like I, I love that stuff. I go to fucking estate sales all the time. Absolutely love it. And, uh, so I get, I get that sort of weird, like multiple income streams thing. It's just so weird to have somebody like, not cover their bases like that because I, I don't even yeah. think people realize like when you send a, you know, an SMS text message, it's not like it's informal. It like goes through the phone company. It's evidence. <laughs> yeah, know? but how much are you, you willing to spend? How much are you willing to spend to take him to court? Like how much extra money you got to do anything about that? Well, I mean that's that is that's going to be the dividing line essentially is uh, is seeing how much I can scare him. Or in this case, because, and I mean, this is another funny thing that people always just ask for your money back. Time, is act- just ask for your money back. Say, yeah, yeah, you should go for a return. Yes, don't go for a return. Don't try. To, you, you sounds like you're trying to nail him down because he accidentally sold something for too cheap, and now you've got him in a headlock, and you want to make him pay. <laughs> uh, you should just ask for your money back. Just ask for a straight up refund and say you, you're done. I mean, if you ask for the refund. There is also that really good possibility that he's just going to mail you the fucking thing because he doesn't want to give you the refund. You know, it seems like asking for a refund now is the move so that you can get your hands on. You're going to either get the money or the thing, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I've definitely given up hope of like, it's like the probability of me getting this machine is like no. 5%. Okay, you're not getting it. Like, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a near zero, if not wholly zero thing. And like the only reason I haven't asked for a refund yet is just to make sure that I have like some protection first, just because he ignored me for so long. But Refu- asking for a refund better, isn't about protection. You don't need protection to ask for a refund. You don't need protection yeah, from just, anything. You just ask for it. Yeah, if you ask for it and like he says no, your protection is that's where that's when you lean on the protection. Yeah, if you can get your money back and get out of this whole rigmarole, as you put it, yeah, then yeah, I mean, just try to get your money back and go away. Yeah, no, I, I I wanted to I I wanted to be done with, and I want to just uh, you know spend that money on literally just paying off my taxes because when you're a 1099 worker uh they hate you the government you, hates you they have want, you they want I'll you, ask pay, you you give them five thousand to six thousand dollars every yeah. year and just because you're just a, a guy who doesn't have an actual job <laughs> you, so i understand live a weird i understand you want to pay your taxes with that money but have you ever considered Legos? <laughs> they, they have great resale value. I, I got to tell you, when you mentioned the whole Lego thing, you reminded me of my brother because he's like two years younger than me. And when I was growing up and I was like six or seven or whatever, you know, more like five actually, like, my brother was, you know, he was like a three-year-old, and he was learning how to use the bathroom correctly. And it took him a little while to get it, but the thing that he loved more than anything was Legos. And whenever he used the bathroom correctly, my mom would give him a tiny Lego. That was the first thing that popped into my head when you said that you'd spent $2,500. Whoa! We don't have to bring up that that a number again. It's, it's salt in the wound, that $2,400 on Legos. Well, Listen, let me tell you, again, as an eBay reseller, I would say Legos are not a bad investment. <laughs> They're just, yeah. I mean, people love Legos. If you ever need to sell them, they will probably buy them. That's I'm I'm setting that up right now. I'm working on it. Well, Danny, we got a full queue now, so uh, uh, we don't want to have to work overtime. Yeah, uh, good it's luck. good to hear from you. Ask though. for that refund. Get that refund, my man. Get that refund. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, and yeah, I appreciate the uh, the advice. Peace, peace. Yeah, yeah because he refund. didn't even buy with his money. If it's a firm, well, yeah, but. It's I'd not be even a firm paid. A firm has to a firm has to distribute the funds. I'd be weirded out about the refund as far as a firm. Like, I, I just get the money from a firm. Like, a firm chases this guy down, and, and then, then I get what they I were, paid into a firm. Right. They should reverse that first payment or second payment or whatever it is. Yeah. Or I guess actually, if he's if it was December, his affirm payments are already done. Oh really? Yeah, because that's every two weeks. Oh. Cause I'm I might affirm some Legos sometimes. I, I really <laughs> don't, want to you affirm don't need some Legos. To. But that Titanic's seven hundred and fifty dollars. You know, uh-huh. I would love to get my hands on that thing. Okay. And maybe if I affirmed it, I could get it paid off sometime in three years. <laughs> they affirm is only like I said four payments oh. every two weeks. 
Oh, I could never do it. Yeah, it's ever, just splitting it over two months. Yeah, I'm never getting my hand on that a Titanic that way. All right, next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, it's Dope Wizard Comrade. What's up, Dope Wizard Comrade? Happy How are you doing? Day, on this, I was going to say, what are you doing on this happy May Day? Uh, I'm actually driving between Phoenix and Las Vegas. Uh, I got myself in a wild situation with work where I took a job. And uh, it came with some good money, but now I find myself making this drive four or uh, three out of four weekends a month because uh, I got a nine-year-old daughter in Phoenix, but I'm working in Las Vegas. Oh, wowzers. Sounds like my dad. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it's yeah. wild, but it's been great for us. What's the, how long of a drive is that? I, I don't know off the top of my head. It's long. It, it's five hours. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Five hours each way. It's beautiful though, and it's an incredible looking. With it. It's an incredible looking drive. I mean, I guess if you've done it a bunch of times, then I mean, you'd burn out on it. But me and Brett did it once, and it was beautiful. Well, I also remember when my kid was around. When we lived in D.C., and my kid was like three to five, um, we uh, we spent every weekend driving back to Columbus to go to like birthday parties and all of that stuff. Uh, Memorial Day cookouts, July 4th, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes just a phase of life, but it's doable. Well, I've been doing it for four years now. Oh, so my I'm God. Man, wow. Done. I am transferring. Oh, you're yeah, done? transferring back to Phoenix here at the end of the summer. Hallelujah. Summer in uh, July. Congrats, man. That's great to wrap that up. It's a pain in the dick. I mean, it's yeah, like... Like th- I just did three out. I just did a whole bunch of driving through Kentucky, um, and three hours is fine. Five hours just starts to really fucking wear on you, like no- nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three hours. I'm. I'm and I mean, totally podcast down. and audio books can only do so much. Right. Yeah, your bones start to shut down after four hours in a car. Yeah, I, I was really calling in because I wanted to share some experiences in the pest control business, multi-housing, so just oh. apartments in Vegas and around Arizona. Awesome. D- oh, my God. Yeah. I did, wanted- did I talk to you? Did I ask you to call in a couple weeks ago? Yeah, you did, and I've wanted so- to call him for a long time with some of these stories, but I never seemed to find the time, but I was a little ahead on my schedule today, so I wanted to make it, and it's May Day. So let me let me just say this right now. I would I am incredibly nervous to think about what it would be like to do pest control in Las Vegas and Arizona. It's wild. I actually just took the job because I was doing grocery retail for six years and it was summer of 2016 and I was barely keeping a roof over my head. And uh, so I had to jump into something extreme. And my friend said, you know, try this out if you can handle the gore and the people. And uh, it's kind of crazy because with apartments, we have full properties to take care of. So my route usually has like six to eight properties with like uh, anywhere from 10 to 30 units uh, that I have to enter. So every day it's like 50 surprise doors, like what's behind this door. And it's everything from the nicest luxury places to some places that I actually have to say our sketch i've always grown up on the uh lower end of town but man sometimes i find myself in some interesting situations with this yeah i would imagine i i yeah you know i've worked 
I, I've worked in every kind of neighborhood too, you know? And it's like, you, in your mind, and this is classist behavior, I, I, I am not denying that at all, but in your, in your mind, you do breathe like a sigh of relief when you're going to a more maybe upper class or, or upper middle class neighborhood. Uh, when you see it on the thing, you're like, oh, you know, that's, it's going to be, you know, everything's, this is going to be an easy one. And then sometimes you get there and it's yeah. disgust. I have been in some fucking disgusting rich people houses, like truly oh, fucking they don't know how to clean terrible. up themselves for sure. Yeah, and you're doing you're searching for pests too. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So like mainly we're doing like bed bugs and German roaches. I don't know how familiar you guys are with any of that stuff. I didn't know a damn thing about a pest, and I sure as hell know now that I've lived with them. And yeah, uh, you know, so a lot of pigeons, a lot of rodents. But I couldn't have told you what a bed bug looked like before this, or what the hell a roach was. Like as far as a German roach, you know, I knew what a roach was but uh so yeah i get into some of these situations and these units are just uh you know thousands and thousands of them with the roaches you know you got to bring in like a vacuum and uh you know you see on tv they put these full body suits on like realistically like our job's primarily commissioned even though we have a pretty decent base pay like so we're hustling and you're not putting on these suits like to go into these units you're trying to get the chemical down and uh, get the job done as quick as you can to make that money. So, like, you're not putting on a full body suit unless you're dealing with bees. Yeah. I mean, I was the same way with, like, the safety equipment when I was, when I was working was, like, when, it, when I dealt with – I used safety equipment very sparingly. I just didn't like uh, – uh, especially, I'll, I'll say this, uh, rain gear at the cable company they gave you the rain gear but they gave you that yellow slicker that's like basically like a hot plastic tent uh and working in that thing in the middle of the summer is fucking miserable so i would just get soaking fucking wet you know and like uh oh yeah you get used to just being drenched out here because it's 115 and you got like a 40 or a four gallon backpack of solution on your back most of the time and uh, or you're scaling buildings, emptying pigeon traps and that kind of stuff. So trigger warning on that, I guess, for some of the audience that don't see, you know, when I started this, I couldn't stand the thought of the animals, you know, whatever. But then you realize that they're a vector of disease and all this and what's really necessary. Well, yeah. And, and like the thing that would terrify me the most is like, I think I, I, I mean, what was sort of was were bed bugs like kind of the best case scenario for you or what was like kind uh, of when you get there a best case scenario situation uh well i mean yeah i guess you just it's an infestation that got caught early so most of the time you know you're putting your fumigants out and you're maybe seeing like 40 or 50 roaches or uh with the bed bugs it gets really bad like there was one in my when i was first starting i've been doing this about five years now and one where I took apart a two-piece couch and it just had a bed bug colony that did not, diameter of a basketball. So it was just this giant spot of bed bug with like a, they like drop these skins off as they molt and it had like a foot tall pile of just molted bug skin between this couch. It was just one of the gnarliest things and they were crawling all over the roof, dropping onto me and my trainer. Uh. It was nuts. 
Yeah, you are doing like... Yeah, that's like... I mean, doing that job, truly, I think... And this is meant as a compliment. You did the worst job that you can get, I think. Like, that is one of the worst jobs you can get. (laughs) One of, yes. Yeah, I'll say one of. Top ten. You mentioned having been a roofer in the past. I always look at roofers, and I'm like, how the hell are you doing that? Because I get up there for like 15 or 20 minutes to empty a trap or do something here and there. And uh, I'm dying, so I don't, I don't know, man. Roofers got it pretty hard, but there was something in my mind that I had to step over and just be like, well, this is the money. You know, you're just like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to take into uh, account my personal welfare uh, because this job's paying me more than I've ever seen, which still isn't anything amazing, but compared to what I was making in retail, like, it was keeping me fed and housed. Yeah, it's opportunity. Feels like an opportunity. Yeah, and you're risking, you know, I mean, not wearing your rain gear is stupidity. Uh, exposing yourself to chemicals, that is like a dangerous uh, yeah. decision you have to make. To, and, and like when you're pushed yeah, as, far as, as far as metrics go, uh, yeah, as far as like buckling safety belts on on uh, forklifts and shit like that, not going to happen. You know, there's there's a lot of safety shit that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. And, and when you say like... Uh, when you talk about roofing, uh, I actually did was in that. I, I've talked about this, but my I had a situation where I was painting the floor of a parking garage with like some kind of rubber sealant. I don't know. It smelled like rubber cement, and we weren't given any fucking right. anything. No masks, no nothing. We were just rolling that shit on the ground, and it was. I was getting dizzy. They motherfuckers, it was so cold outside when we were doing it that uh, the glue in the barrels was melting. Um, There was a very hard rule at the roofing company I worked at that you're not allowed to leave your car running without somebody in it. So I had to sit in the car with five buckets of this like chemical oh. with the heat turned all the way oh, up and geez. i just had to sit in there because i was the shittiest worker on a team i yeah. just like does basically get me out keep away. them hot yeah yeah and keep them melty keep them getting melty and i would just sit in there oh. and listen to howard stern and breathe in fumes and a fucking you know like i said a truck with a pickup truck with the windows up just kind yeah. of sitting in there with five barrels of like this cement rubber cement and like okay so is that worse than a baby taking a sip of alcohol it's very worse <laughs> i think but but like you yeah. you definitely like when you're working with these chemicals you you really think like it's only just right now you know what I mean? Like, I'm only doing it oh, right yeah. now. It accumulates in your body, for sure. There's still <laughs> yeah. guys out here with that toxic masculinity shit that, like, they don't want to wear goggles. They don't think a respirator's necessary. And it's like, dude, okay, you're going to be getting exposed to these things three times a day, minimum, five days a week. For how yeah. long do you want to do this job? And no one's going to take care of you when these side effects kick in because they don't even tell us what that what happens, you know, in the future with these things. Like, you just know better because, you know, we have very similar cellular systems to these bugs in many ways. So just getting exposed to the shit day in and day out is going to have its toll. But, I, you know, I'm trying to be real careful with that because I do have a family I got to take care of. And, do it. Uh, I try be to the, avoid that. But Let them make fun of you. Let them, 
Yeah, let them give you like a, a pink hammer or something. Like whatever it takes. Wear your mask. Cover up. Yeah, because they're like, it's not burning my nostrils. Like I'm like, it's that it wasn't true. But that story of that that Russian soldier that picked up like the uranium. It's like if it was around, someone would fucking grab it. If yeah. you put a, a rod of uranium in like the middle of a room, someone would just go grab it eventually. <laughs> yeah, everybody that comes over. Yeah. <laughs> Two out of five people that come to your house would pick it up. Yeah. And then like but melt yeah, away. Yeah, it's so hard to be safe at, at these at these jobs. It, they really I mean they they tell you what it takes to be safe. And they beat it into yeah. you that you have to do what it takes to be safe. But it totally fucking it doesn't feel like a lot of times like they give you the time or the or the the equipment or anything to be or even yeah, the knowledge. I, no, they're mad that it's like it takes too long. I'm, Why did it take so long? I was doing my safety check before my shift. Like, well, make it faster, you know? Or like, I can't drive this cherry picker because this thing is broken on, and we're not supposed to drive them when this like safety arm is broken. And they're like, oh come on, it still works though, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My wife works for Amazon, and so she's and stuff like that constantly just to make rates. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But it, I gotta it say, is... my company is pretty good about our safety, like I'd have to say, but only because it's extremely lucrative business, so uh, they don't have to crack down on us like that because they really are making like some incredible profits, and uh, the only downside is, you know, we have extremely high turnover rate because realistically, on average, a technician's probably making about $16 an hour. And for honestly, what we put up with between administrative shit, paperwork, uh, dealing with the residents, the leasing office, because it's multi-housing, and uh, everybody's worst day, you know, with the bugs, like, it almost isn't worth it. Then you calculate in the 115 degrees and everything else. It's just like, people don't stick around. I'm not sold. I do have a, like, kind of a, a knack for it. And I also see that so many of these guys, like, uh, I don't want to preach too much, but they're really shitty. They're what we call a baseboard jockey. You know, they go in, they spray. These residents are going through hell with their leasing offices and shit, with the bugs and uh, all oh, their yeah. other personal problems. The least we can do is go in and actually do a solid job for the people yeah. that are dealing with the bugs. Like, if if not for the, the bosses, of course, but for the people that have to deal with the bites, the kids and shit. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you're right, too, about that that whole, like, you're dealing with you're dealing with these apartment complexes where this person to get you out there, this person, it, it was I mean anybody in the chat anybody here call your fucking landlord and say you got bugs in your house and see what they tell you like how they how they tell you to deal with it you know yeah. I've never had well it should exterminators be, in mind yeah it shouldn't be a private service it should be a public service because it's chemicals and I mean. There's so much that goes into it that uh, for, for people just to, like, have no education on the matter, like, we need social workers working with people with these infestations, but you're not going to see that. And then there's the monetary side. Like, people don't want to speak out about the bed bugs because they're paying, they end up paying $400 oh, yeah. for a treatment they couldn't afford, and it gets ugly at that point. Yeah, I imagine. I, I, I had a, a mouse in the house, like, last year, and, like... I talked about it on the show, but, but like I saw it before my wife and kid did. 
And I just didn't say nothing because I didn't want to deal with it. I was just like, well, if I'm the only one that knows the mouse is in the house, then fine. And then my daughter saw it. And then it had to be something we had to deal with. Because my fucking fear was that I was going to put a trap down. And then the mouse was going to get stuck in the trap and either killed or be alive. And I will have to deal with the fucking mouse. Yeah. Uh, finally, exactly. my landlord exactly. dealt with it. Oh, sorry. I had my landlord finally deal with it. I would tell you to do. Yeah. <laughs> a mouse? It just uh, set up some mechanic. Yeah, like mechanical traps. Like anyone can do that. You know, you just got to be like vigilant about checking them and stuff. But it is going to be gruesome. But uh, you could take care of that problem yourself. But I would say, just like a medical issue, like you do not want to ignore. And I've been there. I've been the guy ignoring and not accepting that there are roaches running out of his coffee maker and shit before I really knew what was going on. But uh, it just gets worse if you yeah, ignore it. It's homeowner. Yeah, if, if, they, if, they're the, if they know they can bully you, yeah. if they know that you're not afraid of them being there, they're just going to keep replicating. It's like oh, denial. Yeah, I was you know, in it's... a mobile home when I was kind of going through a rock bottom and the mice were getting so bold, they were just like running across the countertops in broad daylight. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, yeah. and it sucks, like, to, to, like you say, it, gruesome is the perfect word because the worst fear in my life is, like, I have to deal with this mouse now. If we catch this mouse... I have to fucking be uh, my yeah. wife and kid aren't gonna fucking no it's you take care of the You're mouse. man you've been I performing masculinity say, yeah. you've been performing masculinity this whole time for this on one that. moment <laughs> sorry go ahead like it's a little rough I like I said the trigger warning like I mean I with the pigeons another thing that spreads a lot of diseases um, you know I have to dispatch those by hand on the roof you know into into a, into a trash bag so not fun in that respect but uh you know when you see like all the diseases they carry and i've even seen some instances where i'm convinced that heavy pigeon infestations on some of the properties that i had worked for years were actually like transporting bed bugs around because it's huh. uh, it's in the literature here and there that's great yeah, I mean, the bed awesome. bugs thing it's funny people in the chat too much... it's funny people in the chat were saying that, that the time. bed bugs thing or that when I said bed bugs is the best possible situation. The only reason I said that is because it's the least gross one of all of the things you got to kill Yeah. when you're doing this. You don't have to look at it. You just mostly treat the furniture and you're going to find some here and there. But yeah, mostly they're going to die from the residual, the chemical leaves. The mammals and the birds are like the more hands-on stuff. But like uh, I did want to mention one time where the bed bugs were not the chill situation. And this is where it gets rough because you go into these units and someone doesn't want to admit they have bed bugs, but either a roommate or somehow it slipped or maintenance was in the unit and they saw something. So then I get called over and, uh, you know, I've, I'm totally comfortable going in like a dope house and stuff. Like I, I grew up in that kind of environment. And like, uh, I grew up, in, you know, once I moved out on my own, I was living in punk houses and shit. So I'm totally cool with just the party and whatever. But this particular unit I went into with some like gnarly junkies, uh, the guy, like, you know, he had his hypodermic needles all over the floor. He was not having a good day. And I got a, I could have made a fuss about it, but again, I'm trying to keep my job. So I just go in and I'm fucking inspecting the furniture. And the dude uh, sits down on his bed and pulls out a handgun. And uh, he's just giving me the meanest fucking look Ooh. ever, just sitting there, tapping his knee with his handgun out. And he's like, you ain't going to find no bed bugs here. You're not going to find a bed bug. Just telling me I'm not going to find bed bugs. 
And it was kind of nuts that that, like, oppositional defiance in me was like, I'm still going to do this inspection, and, bro, I might find bed bugs, but... It was wild. Wow, you That's you nuts. tested him. You yeah. you pushed back. I would have gotten my car and left. I'm serious. I, I'm Everybody fucking... would have been out of there in a heartbeat. But what is he really gonna shoot me over this? Like, yeah, you <laughs> you said do it. You said yeah, do it. <laughs> you're so much like like when I was younger. I I we went to this kid's house to beat him up, and he walked out with a gun. But it was like. <laughs> My friend just walked up and grabbed the gun out of his hand and said, give me that. And I always think about oh. it. I always think about it now where it's like, I mean, he could have shot him, but never. He fucking looked that guy in the face and knew he, had, he wasn't going to pull that fucking trigger. <laughs> just took it out of his hand. Yeah. And like, guy, he might have, because when you got your financials on the line like that and they didn't look like they were in a situation to be affording a treatment and stuff. But at the same time, like now it's kind of personal you're pulling out this gun threatening my life over like essentially just like me trying to do a public service really yeah but again the private property part of it fucks it all up yes yeah man i think i mean i think you deserve a hundred dollars an hour i think you sound like a brave rodent fighting punk (laughs) who who grew up in the filth and wants to help people you know, be sanitary and avoid disease and clean up some of this, the actual filth in this year. Yeah, this is one of the nicest, like, yeah, most dude. interesting guys that's ever called the show. <laughs> if you ask me, I'm just saying it's it's uh that's a job that that like um, psychic gasoline said that we we do we. I'm just gonna say, well, I think you. We need to get you like a vacation or something. Yeah, you said your partner works at Amazon. You're driving five hours. That we got it. You need a break. You're doing too much. You're you are. We did. Uh, my wife and I got to go to Oregon last September and be desert people, like in Ooh. Portland area. That was just a uh, fucking another level. I'm still awesome. on that high, actually. Hell yeah! Congratulations. All good things. But if we thank get you back guys, out, I do appreciate it, and I, you know, I do do it for like the kids and stuff because it is fucked up, and like I just wish that it wasn't all this money around it. And uh, but yeah, it's a kind of a secret great job to have, like. Uh, anyone out there willing to step up just you know I'm a little bit masochistic though too so you know that probably plays into some of it and then I did want to share with uh, the street fight world and everyone just uh, April was eight years off of uh, heroin and opiates for me so oh my God. congratulations that is incredible Thank I mean you. that's re- I, I know how hard it is to do dude I know how hard that I mean I, I quit pills. I mean, same shit. You know what I mean? But uh, well, that's what that started was, it for me, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and that's well, a tough thing to I don't go to, to like, talk much about it, and I I've never gone to like a meeting or anything like that. It was something that I finally fucking did. Actually, I took a lot of psychedelics for like a month, and that and with some really good people, and that's what <laughs> was the big thing that moved stuff. But uh, since then, I've been off of it, and I just wanted to share that with people because, like, looking back on eight years, that's kind of crazy, and there's some people in the thick of it now and uh i'm i'm hearing of old people that are dropping left and right from the fentanyl and stuff and it just yeah yeah i agree i mean i lost a lot of people i grew up with and shit like that and people who used to you know do drugs with me back in the day when i was on them and uh it fucking sucks man so congratulations quitting i'm sorry um call back anytime yeah we love it i just 
This is one of the worst jobs. Not worse, but like this is when I'll quickly tell you this. Back when I was at some of my lowest points in my life where I was looking for a job, I would go through the one ads and maybe apply for a few, but but not many. And I would see the Orkin uh, job in there and I would see how much it paid and that it would give you benefits. And I would fucking look at that and say, like, ideally, this is what I should do. And I was too scared to do it. So (laughs) because always too scared to do pest control. You it's almost like a sport. It's almost like a sport for me. And I I've always been a real book type person. So when I got into it, I just read everything up on it and uh, kind of accelerated beyond maybe what is expected out of your like regular technician. But uh, it's a trade that I take pretty seriously. And I wish that there was some kind of union representation or more of a thing for the pest control, but it's really like Wild West mercenary style setup and you could be dropped so quick, but you can also go pick up with another company like right away. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you Great guys. Call. You guys have a good May Day. I knew this was Street Fight tip for sure. So, yeah, yeah appreciate <laughs> it. Thank have you. Have a good one. Fuck, thank dude. You. Yeah. You ever look at a pest control job? Just look at it like maybe I'll do this because it pays a little more than a regular ass job? No, never. Seems like a drug tester job. Yeah, I that's also, also probably one of the reasons I didn't apply to do it. But I just remember looking at it and thinking like, man, this, I mean, this could be a career, but being so afraid of once I got in there and had to start dealing with it, cause you're going in, you're not going into like one gross house out of 10 for the day. You're yeah. going into 10 mostly. I actually, I have a stomach for that. Uh, it's really just the exposure to the chemicals, I think, is what bugs me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, in my, in, so if I'm just my utopia, my world, I think that just everybody would have to do like a year or two of this. Yeah. Just to like spread out the amount of like uh, damage that people are getting from, you know, breathing it in. Yeah. You know, and also masks all the time. I, I know those things do work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just incredible call. Let's, let's get the next one up. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's up? This is Guts in Seattle. What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Um, I wanted to call in and tell a story about a dare officer, but I realized that it's May Day, and I'm a teamster, and I got some stories about uh, union shit and cussing at um, supervisors. So. All right, let's hear one. Hear that. Yeah, let's hear one. <laughs> All right, so I'm a teamster. Um, I'm at the same place as that guy in uh, Minion Death Cult, I think. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, same contract and everything. And, uh, man, I just wanted to, like, tell people, like, how amazing it is, like, having a union, you know? Like, uh, so, like one of the best things in our contract is uh, uh, we have no production standards. So, uh they, so supervisors can't come in and tell you like, oh, you got to hurry up or go right. faster or anything like we that. We need these numbers. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, they still try. They'll give people numbers like, oh, you got to you got to be at like 600, you know, whatever per hour. And uh, but they're just lying and they, they don't tell people. They just act like the contract doesn't exist because some people don't know because some people don't even know what a union is. You know, they're just yeah. in there mm-hmm. for the job. And uh, yeah, so. You know, I used to keep a copy of the contract in my back pocket 
and uh, I had a supervisor come in one time, and uh, he would say, uh, he came in and he was like, hey guys, uh, you're doing pretty good, uh, you know, you're at 5.30 per hour, and you're at whatever per hour, but, uh, you know, you, you could really, like, kind of pick it up a little bit, and we're just like, okay, and he's like, hurry it up, is like what I'm saying, and I was like, hey man, take a look at this, and I pulled a contract out of my pocket, nice. and uh, had him look at it. Yeah, and he just was like, oh, what, what, what is that? And I was like, this is our union contract, my guy. And he's like, oh, oh, that's really cool. I, where'd you get that? And I'm like, my union hall. And he's like, oh, well, that's, that's cool. All right, all right, have a good day. No, you're, never heard anything about it again. That's incredible. You're like a pocket yeah. constitution guy, but with the uh, um, union contract. You're like those guys... <laughs> You get pulled over in your car and you pull out the Constitution and say, where does it say in here that I got to have a license plate? But you actually have something that works. Like you have a thing you can pull out of your pocket and like, this is the union contract. You can't do shit about it. Yeah, yeah. And I've done it multiple times. Uh, I did it one time when they were trying to force new hires in on a sixth day during peak season, like on Saturdays. And I'm like, man, the contract says right here, Monday through Friday. And if you want to have us here on Saturday, then you get us on Tuesday through Saturday. Never heard anything about it again. You know, when they try to get me to sign write-ups, I just write RTS, which means refuse to sign. Um, one time, I was outside waiting for a shuttle to take us back to the parking lot. And I was, <clears throat> I was telling uh, some new hires about, like, a bunch of our contractual rights. And I was telling them, you know, hey, uh, the supervisors, they'll try to, they'll try to get on your ass really hard and, uh, and, you know, bust your balls and whatnot. And, but it's, once you're past your probation and you just like stand up for yourself and tell them about your rights and everything, they'll leave you alone after that. They try to act like they're hard, but they're not. And the supervisor standing near us says, Hey man, you better watch what the fuck you're saying. And starts kind of like stepping towards me. And I'm like, what? Whoa. And he's like, you better watch what the fuck you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It was cr crazy. This guy started like getting in my face like he wanted to fight me or something. He's like, Cause I I'm management, man. You, you don't know what you're talking about. You better watch what the fuck you say. And uh, yeah, it was really funny, man. We kind of like argued for a bit. And I told him, uh, I don't care about management. I, I, I'm here for the union. He said, I'll call your union guy and have a talk about you. I said, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so later I talked to, to my business agent at the union about it. He just laughed about it. And uh, I never heard about it again. I'll call your union <laughs> so, guy. Like, he's going to take the manager's side. You know, he's like, I'll call your union guy and talk yeah. about you. Yeah, that's, um, that was, that was, that was, Alexander, for the most part, when we toured with them, all of his triumphant stories were basically was about how he's allowed to mouth off to his boss and file grievances against them. Yeah. Whereas, like, I lived in absolute oh, yeah. fear of saying anything against my boss because I wanted to keep my job. I also want to say this, too. Like, you were talking about that guy, like, kind of stepping to you in a way. I had that happen several okay. times at the uh, cable company. Like, when me and the boss would get into a conversation... And I would like refuse to do something or in one of those situations where you're just like you're pushing back on the boss. I had like three or four yeah. times where me and him were like standing, you know, face to face, like about to physically fight and had to be separated. I mean, we were at work. So like we were at work. So like I wasn't going to throw a fucking punch. I'm not stupid. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. like we were straight up in front of each other face to face. And I, I was just kind of like uh, yelling back and he was yelling at me and, and like, uh, uh, you know, nothing ended up happening in the end. But uh, I have been at, at several jobs actually in the past where like I've been threatened in that way where it's like they they start to walk towards you like I'm going to do something a tough guy would do and you're like you're not you can't it'd yeah, fuck you up dude doing that right now. yeah it'd yeah. fuck you up not me yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like we're at work like I don't expect that to happen at work you know it's kind of wild <laughs> it's cool though it's fun but, uh, when you know that you've gotten to them that bad though I gotta tell you yeah yeah exactly I mean at this point now I've had multiple instances where me and a steward have been like just basically like yelling at a supervisor and kind of like dressing them down because they're trying to write me up for some bullshit or or trying to you know violate the contract in some other way and man it's liberating like being in a union has changed my life working at this place is like definitely some of the hardest work I've done um considering that I used to work in call centers and shit before but I wouldn't change it because I have like dignity on the shop floor and medical benefits and you know, it, nothing can replace that, really. I mean, also, I, I'll say this. Like, there's something about physical labor uh, that, at the end of the day, that's why I never went back to, like, the call center jobs and stuff like that when I was, after I got, like, the, uh, after I did a few blue-collar sorts of jobs, it, it was just like, I don't know, at the end of the day, I feel like I worked. And, like, I felt like going to the call center... I was just sitting in a fucking room for eight hours under these fluorescent lights. And uh, I remember being really affected whenever I had to walk out to smoke. And like the the the, the light yeah. touches your eye and you're just like, fuck, you know what I mean? And like, um, yeah. it just feels like I'm wasting my time. And, and like, if I am loading trucks for my job, I don't feel like I'm wasting my fucking time at that point. You know, I, I I loaded the goddamn truck. The truck was empty. Now it's got boxes in it. I did it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And well, you got a grievance to file and everything, and everything's good. Yeah, that sounds excellent. I really wish I would have had a grievance job. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah, I could have filed them all day. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um. Well, thanks for calling. We got a few more calls we got to get to, but uh. Yeah. Of great course. call. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Peace. Psychic Gasly said he wants that but for the last caller. For some... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of anybody that deserves like a trip to Hawaii more. I know. Sweet angels. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's me. It's you. Who's this? This is Betsy. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you, Betsy? I'm all right. Um, I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener, and I just wanted to share a quick story on May Day about one of the like worst parts of my job I ever had um, okay. at a coffee shop. Uh, Brian, you were talking about Gwen uh, being a teenager working at a coffee shop, and that's uh, my first experience with jobs, too. So I just wanted to share something shitty about that. <laughs> Let's hear it. Gwen just learned how to uh, steam milk. Ooh. She just finished learning how to steam Ooh. milk. She passed her drinks test. So, 
Oh, you know, I said, I said, what's that supposed to mean? She's like, I'm like officially a barista now. And I was like, that's fresh. Hey, good for you. Do they like give you a beret or something? No, but, but it's like, is that a test that everybody has to take to be a barista? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's actually kind of a fine science of like getting it hot enough to satisfy people, but not burning it. So it, it is a bit of an art form. And I really liked working at coffee shops. I did for like six or seven years before I graduated college. Um, but I did work for a small business tyrant. So I hope that her boss is a lot nicer than mine was. <laughs> so uh, so you had, a, you had a, a story about some of the worst stuff? Because that's what we like to hear. The yes. worst perks. Yes, I have a story about the worst stuff. And it's somewhat timely because it's an Easter story. I should have called in a couple of Sundays ago. But um, my family's Catholic, so Easter is like a really big deal to us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was like probably 16 working at this job. And I asked my boss if I could get off early for Easter to do um, like Easter lunch with my family. Not that I really cared, but it, it was good family bonding or whatever. So um, like... 15 minutes before the end of the shift, this guy and this woman come into the coffee shop and the woman orders like a coffee, uh, did not tip me. I remember that specifically. (laughs) And the guy like goes to the bathroom or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to lock up the shop and count the money, close the drawers, whatever. And I noticed this horrible, horrible smell that I will never forget. (laughs) And (laughs) I know you can kind of tell where this is going. So I went to the restroom. No. Okay, and granted, I was 16. I was being paid 7.25 an hour, first job ever. Like 15 minutes before I'm supposed to get off to go to Easter, I look in the restroom and this man. I don't know what was wrong with him. I pray that he like was not extremely sick because there was explosive diarrhea like all over the toilet. <laughs> It was so bad. It was like all over the back of the toilet, in the hinges, on the wall, uh, the bowl. Like I, I, can, who, I like cannot overemphasize like how horrible this was. This who does that? Was. I've I've seen it too. Bro. Who bends over and just sprays like that? Yeah, I, I've seen it too at at uh, McDonald's and Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, we had it too. Uh, but I don't know how that happens. Betsy, I have no idea. Have I done anything like that? I know. You see it in the bathroom and you're like, how did this happen? You would notice that person when they're coming out, don't you think? You would think they'd have it all over them. Yeah. He slunk out of there. Like, I could tell he was guilty. Um, Like, he definitely felt bad, so I feel a little bit bad for him, too. But no one said anything to me. They just left. So I'm freaking out. I'm at, like... I start sobbing, basically, because I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. Never in my life have I had to deal with a mess like this. And I call my boss and crying. I'm like, I have to go to Easter. And she's like, okay, we'll just clean it and then go to Easter. <laughs> I'm like, no, like, you no. don't understand. This is like, this is like a three-hour cleaning mess. Like, with, and I'm working at this coffee shop where basically we have, like, Clorox wipes as a cleaner. I don't even think we had gloves. Right. I, like, we, we really just had toilet paper and, like, paper towels and Clorox wipes. <sighs> so it's always that, I, too. I just quit. Yeah, yeah it is it always horrible. that. It's always also, like, you got to go in the bathroom and clean up, but you have, like, almost no equipment, and you're, like, like trying to clean up yes, diarrhea nothing. with paper towels is... 
That's not. We, you should get a hose. We dragged a hose in when I worked yeah. at the toy store. Someone did it in the to- bathroom. Nope, no uh, hose. We sprayed it down with the hose, and then we took mops in there and just rubbed it all over everything and then tried to get it down the drain. Yeah. But that whole place was coated for sure. I just, I'm with you. I, I, I think the times I've seen it, I just try to figure out how something like that happens to somebody because I never... I've never even come close to that, dude. And listen, I'm known for clogging turlets. I clog them all the time. I just never get it. If you're getting shit on the outside of the bowl, that's problematic to me. I'm yeah, sorry. that was intentional. Yeah. <laughs> you're being awful. Yeah, yeah. And I would have slunk out too, trust me. I I uh I'm I clogged one in a, a hotel one time and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go outside and smoke while the guy comes and fix it. <laughs> and Brett tried to take a picture of him. Then we got kicked out of the hotel the, the next day. <laughs> but, uh... That dude was fighting that turd with a huge stick. Yeah. He had a harpoon. Yeah, yeah. But it was on the ins. The whole thing was on the inside of the toilet. Where right. It was all stick. yeah. No, it was happening. The battle was happening in the drains. But it's extremely huge. It's like an inhuman size. Right. Uh, I don't throw a rock down there. I have PTSD. <laughs> Off from, of that? From that? Yeah, because every time I go to the bathroom, I'm like, is this thing going to be <laughs> Some that Some guy's going to have to come bring a, uh, a fish net down there. going to actual plumber? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Betsy, thank you for calling. <laughs> oh, I think we lost her. No. Yeah. We grossed her out. Probably. I'm sorry. I doubt it. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you. Woo! Sorry, I, I was just gonna say to finish up the story. I ran out of paper towels, and I called my <sighs> boss, and I was like, "I'm out of paper towels." <sighs> she came, like, dropped them off in the front door, and said, <gasps> "It smells like shit in here." And left. what? No! I would have quit, <laughs> like, quit on the spot. Quit on the spot. So you're reminding me now. I'm. This is a. I'm gonna cut this clip out this is going on my charlotte's on ramping to work life <laughs> never put up with this I, you walk out immediately never. i'm yeah you don't you, you don't get paid well, enough thank to you do that so much, you guys. they're lucky i'll say this though what what they are is they're lucky you didn't throw a rock at them as they were leaving you know because this when you say i should have quit i mean there should have been some physicality involved when somebody does that. She could come in and help. She couldn't come in and say, here's how you're going to do it. Yeah. She couldn't drop off a fucking big, huge, I don't some kind of mop that you don't have to touch anything with. She just drops off the same ass paper towels and then jumps in her stupid car and drives off. Oh, I hate that lady. Yep, oh. that's exactly it. And then later I found out I was the only one getting paid $7.25. Everyone else there was making like 10 bucks. So if you're a teenager and you're working a job and you're the hardest working one there, fucking stand up for yourself and don't clean up explosive diarrhea with only paper towels. That would be my advice to Gwen. You just reminded (laughs) me about when I worked at the uh, roofing company, they were like, how much do you want to get paid? And I knew that they start everybody off at $10 an hour. So when I went in and they were like, what? What kind of money are you hoping to get? I said $9.50. Cause I thought that would mean I would definitely get hired. You know what I mean? I thought they would he be looks, like, he's not being too selfish. We're, yeah. we're talking about 19 years old. His eyes, his his sights aren't set too high. Yeah. So they pay, perfect. So 
I got a job there with a friend of mine, and he was paid ten, and the other two guys I knew that worked there were paid ten, and I made nine fifty <laughs> just because you asked for it. Yeah, those motherfuckers oh, are you nine fifty. Hey, I'll do I'll do for fifty cents less than these fellas. <laughs> That's what I did. I I underpriced ever. That's embarrassing when I think about it now. <laughs> I didn't think that was so stupid back then, but that's really bad. But uh, that's what happens when you're 19. Well, Betsy, thanks for calling. Well, thank you so much for talking. Yeah, I appreciate you guys so much, and have a great May Day. Um, thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Peace. You're awesome. Everybody's yep. great right now. Yeah, Every, great We're calls. like on fire right now. Perfect call. You know. Yeah, that's important. Um, I, I think also the time that I encountered the shit that I had to clean up, I was also a teenager that made $7 an hour. I think that I think the new thing should be shit runs uphill, which means that the, the people on the bottom refuse to clean the shit. The managers refuse to clean the shit. Only The only person that should clean the shit is one that feels they're like uh, paid enough to do so or is passionate enough about the business because they've effectively ruined your whole bathroom mm -hmm. and your business. Do you love your business enough to clean up that bathroom because or to spend enough money to have somebody come in here? And that's – yeah. Yeah. I mean I even think shit rolls like mid-hill where it's like if you're two steps up from the bottom, that's – the minimum yeah. place. That's that why you get paid ninety thousand. Yeah. To drive around in a car to check out all the stores, you sometimes got to get out and uh, get the khakis dirty with a little doo doo. Yeah, just some level of like where I'm making, where I'm making good enough money that it makes sense that I would have to clean turds. Um, yeah, that's what I think. All right, last call. Is it the last call? It is. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Who's this? Oh, hey, it's Emmett. Um, I'm calling in from London, England. Wow. <gasps> nice. What time is A it? first, there? I think. This is a really white trash guy thing to do. What time is it right now? Uh, it's nearly 3 o'clock in the morning, but it's International Workers' Day, so you've got the day off tomorrow at least. They give them the. They give you the day off. Motherfucker, man. Yeah, we got we got a bank holiday. It's great. Seriously <sighs> good. We don't. That really actually. It's a law day today. Yeah, in a month we get a day off for the troops, but uh, we do not get international. Today is loyalty day. day, and we don't even get it off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's yeah. going on, Emmett? Yeah, I just wanted to call in because I've uh, I've been really enjoying POD cast lately, and uh, thinking about my own story with new metal. Really? Yeah, I mean uh, it's different for y'all over there for sure. Yeah, I'm a bit younger. Like I'm about thirty. I'm thirty now. So, like, I got into the biscuit and the offspring through like a CD that my cousin made me when I was about nine or 10. Okay. And uh, that was can like, a, that was a big thing for me at the time. Can I guess? Getting into like all the track on Limp Bizkit. Can I make a guess about which Offspring song was on the CD? Yeah, yeah, go on. Let me get one guess here, maybe two. Uh, I'm gonna go with, 
I want one too. I'm going to go with, okay, Pretty Fly for a white guy. I'm going to go with Original Prankster. Okay. We're either one of us right. Yeah, Pretty Fly for a white guy. Original Prankster, that came after that. So that, that was too early. Okay. You're well, right. Yeah, that's why I was looking at the time that you would have it. And then oh, also, 21 years ago? Yeah, I'm okay. looking at when you would have when you would be getting this CD. Yeah. And then I'm also looking at what would somebody give you that was also giving you Limp Biscuit And Pretty Fly for a White Guy, you couldn't get bigger than that song back yeah, then. Yeah, it was everywhere. It was crazy. People thought it was great. And it's also, so racist, too, like when you listen to it now. Yeah. Their whole thing is pretty much that. I love also the CD burning days were so great when they got super cheap. To, and then you could just pass them out. I loved them. I made them for everybody. I did too. I did too. And, and you could share a link with somebody now, and it's like the they'll never least listen. Amount of anything. It's yeah. like nah, man, you know, whatever. Um. So no, that 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 was gold dust for me at the time. Like that was my first CD of anything. Nice. And uh, yeah, like I got all the album tracks of, of both of those bands. But uh, yeah, it's really funny just hearing that that kind of uh, retrospective of uh, of the era that I didn't really get because I was about ten years old, getting you into never... skaters and new metal and pop punk and all that shit. Did you ever get to wear Jinkos? Oh no, we didn't have Jinkos. No, we weren't Damn. that cool. That's interesting. It really is when I hear because. I talk to so many people of all different ages that are into new metal, even very young people in their twenties. You know what I mean? I've talked to 20 year olds, uh, that are into a lot of the, uh, uh, or that are making new metal on that, on the, the POD cast. We've had people on that are in their twenties that are actually making new metal. And like, it's crazy. That shit. It just is really great that you you could have this kind of music that people keep finding over and over again and that when it got this music when it got in your hand was extremely fucking special uh um it's like an extremely special thing to ha have because it's like a physical piece of equipment and those songs become so fucking special like, nothing is more special than those songs on that disc back then. And, and like, I think that's why, I mean, my daughter doesn't seem like she has, like, she's got some Amy Winehouse songs that she really, really loves. But I look at what she's listening to, and it's different every time, which is good because she's young. But it's like, I wonder if there are really special songs. Uh, if younger people have these songs that, like, not only, they feel like, an actual physical product that you can have, if that makes sense. You know no, what I mean? I got lost a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's why I think a lot of that Limp Biscuit and stuff is so special to people. You know? I think it's a matter of um, them saying like, oh my gosh, thousands and thousands of teens are going crazy over this thing. It's not popular. It's just a fad. Nobody actually likes it. It's bad. And it's like, it's not. People are going fucking insane over it. You're not gonna. You can't keep that down. And I just went and saw Eve Six in concert, and there was like so many ten year olds there because like Eve Six made a song that's about when you're about in a middle school age, 
And uh, middle schoolers forever are going to feel that way over and over again. Same way that new metal kids are going to feel that way over and over and over again. It's not going away. Yeah, it's exciting. getting, Especially with you getting like a song when you're 10. Like that is about the age where... You're gonna make a couple of you're you're this is the age where you're making moves. And when I mean moves, it's like yeah. what kind of a dude am I gonna be in my teen years? When you're 10 years old, it's it's getting like it's time to grow up. Am I gonna be a rap kid? Am I gonna be a metal kid? Am I gonna be a fucking burnout? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely learned a lot of swear words from the song Hot Dog. That was like yeah. a, a key thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that shit is, uh, uh, yeah, that is so cool. Well, I appreciate you calling, Emmett, and listening. What do you think? All right, you- yeah, no worries. And keep it up. I mean, I'm really enjoying the show, so keep up the good Th- work. Thank you. Have a good, have a good evening. Yeah, appreciate it. Love it. God Peace. damn. That is, that is always, like, we guessed that I I was able to guess that song uh-huh. off of Offspring. I just like to remind people of original prankster. Is that which one is it? I know the song we played it on Buttfest, but I I what is which song? Is I have it? no idea what album it is. I like it's uh, original prankster. <laughs> I like it sounds my, the same. My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that <laughs> bitch. Yeah, that man. That period of, of life in this world yeah. was uh, so bad. You had to hate your girlfriend in order it's, to be a normal person. <laughs> still the same. I think I don't think heteros have moved much farther. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But yeah, you're right. You can't do it as openly now. No, if somebody if you wrote my friend's got a yeah. girlfriend and he hates that bitch that song and people yeah. heard it now, yeah. th- like a hundred, they would first of all be like, "This is fucking lame." You yeah. know what I mean? And then like. Yeah, no, you can't. You couldn't get away with it now because we would call it nerdy and shit. Yeah, you know, and it sucks. So, um, can I spare you one crazy story? Yeah, I uh, can spare. Can you spare one listening to one crazy story? Of course. Okay, so uh, this week I drove down to Kentucky because Eve Six was playing in Louisville, and ended up going down there with Rachel and seeing them and Jake. It was a crazy show. I suggest you go. Jake was doing like MC stuff in between the bands and like telling the like raunchiest, grossest jokes to people like some families and like Eve Six fans that have like been waiting for this moment for decades, you know? And then We Are the Union, this ska band played, which is pretty good too if you like ska stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not for everybody. Uh, I thought it was good for, I, I liked ska in my heyday, so. I, I co-sign it. Um, but it was good. Then I saw Lee Baines in uh, Whitesburg, Kentucky. Uh, He's great. He's fucking great live. Yeah, he did a stripped down like acoustic thing. Hung out with Tom and Terrence. Said hey to them. So then we go to leave the Lee Baines concert. We head to a Super 8 motel, which I totally regretted making. Yeah. I was on the apps. I was on one of those budget apps. And it was like, you can get this room for super cheap. And I went and I did it and I showed up and I regretted it immediately. Um, there was this, I show up and the woman behind the counter is like, our computers are down. I can't check anybody in right now. 
And I'm like, okay. And I can hear her doing this. She's like, has the dirty mouse ball. She's like, I can hear that sound of her like bouncing the mouse up and down and trying to get it to, to stick. And there's this other guy there and they just pin us down with a conversation that goes on. It starts with, they're like, um, where are y'all from? And I was like, Columbus. And they're like, oh, the city, huh? And I was like, yeah, I'm city. They're like, Nobody's ever said that in the history of the fucking world. Nobody has ever, when you say Columbus, nobody has ever said, oh, the city. Yeah. He was like, the city, huh? And then it sets the woman off behind the counter. She's like, ugh, I went to Pittsburgh once. It was all hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle. Everywhere you go, people moving too fast. No thanks. And then I'm kind of like... I, you know what? I'm, I feel the same way. I don't believe in hustle and bustle either. I, I feel like you want to run errand. You get one errand a day, an errand a day to run. No running around town doing all this other shit. I, I agree with her, right? So then she's going on. And then this, then the guy goes, he's like, I tell you what, uh, I was 19 years old. And I went down to New Orleans. And there wasn't a person there that had a kind word to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go, people just mistreating you. They didn't have a kind thing to say. Hey, you know, that's a fair <laughs> statement to say about any city. Like, you're not going to get a ton of kind words. <laughs> he, and then he was like, uh, he's like, you at the grocery store, they just start throwing the next person groceries. They don't even have anything to say. You know, why is your bagging your groceries up? And I'm like, yeah, that you know, that's a city living. That's what I'm used to and everything. That's crazy. So, th- I- so then the guy goes... He goes, uh, I tell you what, down here, these people, they'll take care of you. They'll do anything in the damn world for you. And this woman, once again, she's bouncing the mouse, like trying to get the computers to work. She keeps apologizing in the background. He's like, they'll go, they'll go heaven and earth, heaven and earth for you. They'll do anything. And then she was like, one time, uh, I was, she goes, one time, <laughs> One time this person came and they was like five or six hours from home and they didn't have a cord for their CPAP machine. And I, ha- I have a CPAP machine myself. And then the guy goes, I have a CPAP machine too. <laughs> and he's, she's like, I know what the cord is like. And up in room 310, we've got a whole room full of cords that people leave behind. I don't throw them away just because you might need them. Yeah. And I found this guy a CPAP machine. I'm like, all right, great. So we t- she tells the story. Then the guy ramps it up. He starts just now going into all of his medical conditions. Oh, I love that. Oh, just telling us every surgery. They did a sleep study on me. (laughs) I tell you what, all this and that. And it keeps ramping up. And it was like getting close. The woman finally signs in to like be able to check us into the the, uh, room and everything. And we're paying. And and Rachel is listening to this guy. And he's like, he's like, I actually... uh, I I I, almost, I died for fifteen minutes. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, okay." He's like, "Yeah, I was uh, I was at work, and a guy said I started started getting real loopy, real real loopy, just talking loopy, and I and I I just passed out right there." <laughs> so then the woman checks me. I'm like, the woman's like, "All right, you're checked in." And I turn away, and I sign my thing. I get my cards and everything, and we go to walk away because it's just like, dog, we're trying to check in. Yeah. He's like, oh, he he like. Pulls on my shirt and follows us into the lobby. And he's like, hey, I just, just one more thing I want to say. I've watched all those YouTube videos about the light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, n- near-death experiences and all that. 
I didn't see nothing. <laughs> now that's a dude. That's a fucking dude right there. He was like, he goes, it was like I didn't even exist for 15. I was gone. I was gone and didn't nothing. There was nothing happening. I was like, well, you know, that's like one definition of peace on earth. Uh, I'm glad you're still here, my friend. Uh, and we're happy to have you. And he kind of just chuckled and like uh, threw his arm around me. And we kind of did like a, a side hug. And then I went to the fucking room. That's hospitality right there. That's southern hospitality right there. I died for 15 minutes. It was, it was so wild. That's like, you gotta, it's like, I am not the type of person that the conversation would ever happen because I'm like, eh, no, no, so, no, I was, I, I, I invite it and sometimes they get burned, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that was a good one, though. That's not burned. <laughs> Um, also because it was a super eight, like at six in the morning, it was all basically like contract workers getting right. cussed the fuck out. So it was just like work boots clattering up and down every hallway and saying, God damn it. Get out. We got to go, go. It was just people screaming at yeah. guys to get up that drank too much or whatever. Oh, yeah, I was in there. Yeah. I did that for, uh, three or four months in Middletown, Ohio, where JD Vance is from. I, uh, had to drive out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday every week and fucking everybody got way too drunk and like we're screaming it was what it was yeah i've been there man i was on the i i didn't drink so it was just them yelling at each other but it was always like oh my fucking god shut up it was was so loud so early in the morning it was just cacophony everywhere yeah I'm, i'm done with those yeah but i was like i mean i I'm back to that like risk it type. Di- I mean, I don't. I'm trying to like save the most amount of money, so I'm using this app and shits like that. And uh, I'm never going to do Super Eight again, though. I think yeah. I'm done with that. That's a gross hotel. I can't make That's it. Bad chain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for turning into Street Fight. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with uh, more of this. And uh, next week we're going to have hopefully. I, I want to say it, uh, but hopefully we'll have uh, racks in here. Uh, Rax King, you know her, and her man is going to be here, uh, Sean from the Antifada podcast. Uh, so that will be happening. It'll be a good crossover. You can call in and talk to us and ask us questions. Um, they're from New York, so they're used to like this disgusting place that we call an office. So, uh, we'll see you on next Sunday, but. Check us out, twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. You can watch and chat and talk to us while we do the show. We'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.